The following program is being brought to you on the Seventh Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit SeventhWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed in the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. afternoon and welcome to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Over the next hour, you'll learn how to see your true self in the midst of life's twists and turns. You'll be challenged to think outside of the box when it comes to the mysteries of life. Now, here's your host, Andrea Matthews. Good afternoon and welcome to Authentic Living. You know, a lot of times I hear people talking about how it is that they seem to be in their own way and they seem to be very frustrated by the fact that they can't get these thoughts out of their head, these emotions out of their heart, this life going that they want and dream of having. And so they're they're very frustrated and they feel defeated. And so I want to spend a lot of time talking about that today, this idea of being blocked. You know, we tend to think in terms of blocks. We tend to think of the impossible. We tend to sort of keep secrets from ourselves and, and uh, hide in the background of our own lives and wonder what's going on out there because we're not really tuned in to what's going on in here, inside of us. Um, And so we're going to talk today about some of those ways that you can do that to begin to actualize who you really are. If if we're going to talk about blocks, I think one of the things we have to understand about is what is and is not a block. Because we tend to think that all kinds of things are blocks that are not blocks. But, and we're going to do that. But first, I want to talk about the blocked life. What does the blocked life look like? Well, more than anything else, the blocked life looks like frustration. It feels like frustration. It walks, talks, quacks like frustration. It is uh, a life that says, I can't have what I want. I can't have what I need. The, the gods are against me. I feel defeated. Um, I can go through the humdrum existence of life and go through the motions of living, but that's really all I got. Uh, That's a blocked life in its most extreme form. Uh, Another blocked life is the life that sort of says that I've got all these good stuff, I've moved in these directions, but I still feel stuck. And we're going to determine today whether that stuckness is relative to an illusion about what ought to be or relative to an actual... um, frustrating block. So we're going to be defining those blocks. If, if you want to understand a block, what you have to do is go within yourself to know what it is you're feeling. So if you're feeling highly frustrated, agitated, irritable a good deal of the time, feeling as if um, there's a certain kind of lurking or, or sort of r- lurking sadness or rain cloud over your head that sort of says you really aren't supposed to have what you want. Um, I read something today in a book that I'm, 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 I'm reading that talks about how when we come from dysfunctional homes, we very often tend to think that what we deserve is to sort of live in the, in the gutter. And when we get there, we, we finally do arrive in the gutter, basically. 
we feel like we finally belong somewhere. And uh, that's a very sad state of affairs. It's because we've carried around a load of stuff that we don't even know we're carrying, messages about ourselves that we don't even know we're carrying, that tell us to perform a certain way, think a certain way, act a certain way, believe a certain way, and those things do interfere absolutely with our authenticity. So, okay, a block is going to feel like frustration. It's going to feel like we're not able to get there. Um, However, we can be blocked without knowing we're blocked, and we all know about that. That's a very uh, life that's very identified in the role, the mask and costume. It seems to feel that the mask and costume is really still working really well. An example of that would be the superwoman mask and costume in which I'm leaping tall buildings with a single bound and flying faster than a speeding bullet, and I'm really okay. That's working for me. I'm really getting noticed. I'm, I'm advancing in my career. You know, uh, maybe I'm a little frustrated because my husband or my family or my wife or my whatever is not cooperating with me as I speed ahead into life. But other than that, you know, life is going really well. Um, we can also have a high tolerance for frustration and for pain because we've come from environments where dysfunction in our homes was a slow torture. It wasn't one catastrophic event that caused a lot of pain. It was a long, interminable period of time in which we felt like there was just this constant slow drip of pain. And so we've, we've become sort of uh, immune to its effects. We have a high tolerance for it, and so we don't recognize it when things are going wrong. We don't recognize it when things are frustrating. We don't see. So it's possible to have a blocked life and not know that the life is blocked, but, hey, if you don't know it, what are you going to do about it? So today we won't be talking to those of you who don't know it as much as we'll be talking to you to those of you who do know it and seem to be frustrated by a, uh, a thought of being blocked. Okay, let's talk about what is a block. Well, in order to understand what a block is, we're going to have to understand what a block is not. A block is not your ego. I'm going to say that again. Your ego is not your block. Now, I know that that runs counter to some things that you've read and thought and heard, but hear me out. The thing is, the ego is a construct of uh, planet Earth. It is a necessary... um, part of our recognition of ourselves as an identity. It is a part of our recognition of ourselves as fitting into a social construct. It is a part of our recognition of ourselves as fitting into a system, uh, be that family system or a work environment or a social network. It is, it's a construct of that, but it's also part of how we view ourselves. So we view ourselves as an ego. Okay. The ego is meant to be sort of a liaison between self and other, self and object. Uh, It is meant to sort of uh, help us tap into the authentic self and bridge the gap between the authentic self and the world that really uh, unconsciously demands that we not be the authentic self. So the ego is an important uh, part of who we are. It is important that we recognize the ego for its purpose it's important that we maintain a connection to the ego. We will not encourage, on this show, we will not encourage you to dispense with your ego. The minute you've dispensed with your ego, you have launched into a psychosis, okay? 
the ego is the thing that is um, a stabilizing force in my field, which is uh, the mental health field and, and certainly the transpersonal field, part of that mental health field, is the fact is that if you don't have what they call a, a strong ego structure, you sort of waver between rational and irrational. You're not able to sort of maintain a connection with the rational, uh, the, the, the coherent, the, co- the cohesive, the true, the real. It's hard for you to stay on grounded in what is true. You sometimes maybe even have hallucinations or delusions about reality. So without an ego, that's where we go. So we're not going to be encouraging you to get rid of your ego. What we want you to do is, is uh, begin to have a discussion with your ego to begin to understand how the ego can operate in a healthy way in your life rather than a dysfunctional way. The only way that the ego is a problem is when the, there is an ego state. An ego state is a role. It's a mask or a costume in which you perform certain um, behaviors persistently, consistently. Certain ways of acting and thinking and talking that identify you as that particular role. So we've talked about these in the past before, and you can certainly go into the archives of the show and listen to those uh, shows early on where we talked about the roles, the masks and costumes that sort of keep us out of touch with the authentic self. Uh, So today, one of those could be the superwoman. Again, we mentioned her a minute ago. She's leaping tall buildings in a single bound and running faster than a speeding bullet and doesn't recognize pain and doesn't... Uh, realize how hard she's working and is pushing everybody else to work and feels resentment that other people aren't uh, holding their end of the stick, but uh, they're always grabbing the whole stick, so nobody can hold their end of the stick. Um, uh, Scapegoat feels really guilty and responsible for everyone. Uh, The runaway leaves emotions behind and leaves people behind and does not want to identify with anything that smacks of of, of the past or of their family of origin because it might create some shame or some pain. Um, you know, those are just a few examples of some of the roles. Those are ego states. They're a little bit like a caricature so that they always perform and act the same way. They always know what to do. Oh, okay, I'm feeling pain. I know what to do. I'll get busy. That's superwoman. Oh, I'm feeling pain. It must be your pain. That's the scapegoat. Uh, you know, it, so those are some examples. You can certainly look in my book, Restoring My Soul, a workbook for finding and living the authentic self, and learn more about these roles. But for today, what we need to know is the ego state is not the same as the ego. We need the ego to be a liaison between the authentic self and the world. We, the ego state is a dysfunctional form that uh, has actually helped us survive some sometimes horrendous environments, but it is not meant to last. It's not meant to carry us all the way into adulthood and old age. We're eventually meant to put it aside and become true to who we are. So the ego state actually can be a block, and we're going to talk a little bit more about that in a minute. Our emotions are also not blocks. Uh, we, the emotions that we, I hear so often people talk about, well, okay, I'm afraid, and I need to stop being afraid, so then I won't be blocking myself. I need to stop feeling my fear. That's what they say. And what they mean is that if I could just stop feeling this fear, then I could have the things that I want in my life. And my response to that is never stop feeling the fear. 
my response to that is to come to understand and appreciate and love that fear, and then be, we're able to sort of walk past it when it comes up instead of behaving out of it, honoring it, living, uh, living in it. Another one is if I could just stop feeling pain or if I could just forgive so-and-so, then I could have the life I want. Um, what we're saying is, until I forgive so-and-so, I will not allow myself to have the life I want. And that's a bargain we're making with our destiny, uh, not one that I would encourage. But you see, the block isn't the pain itself. It's what we're doing with the pain. The block isn't the inability to forgive itself. It's what we're doing with that inability. So what what I'm saying to you is that right where you are is an okay place to be. And nothing that you are right now is keeping you from your your destiny um, in terms of in terms of actually sort of letting down the gates to let you in or letting you through the portal to your destiny. What what keeps us from our destiny is basically denial. Denial is our biggest block. Unconsciousness is a form of denial. Uh, continuing to choose the role over the authentic self is denial. So what we're saying here is that, that fear is not a block in and of itself. Fear is not a block to your destiny. I know that in a lot of new age thinking and new thought, you've heard that fear is a block. Fear in and of itself is just an emotion. It is not a block. Behaving out of the fear, acting as if the fear is a legitimate block, that does make fear a block. So what I'm saying to you now is that what we're doing with the things that we consider to be blocks is much more important than the feeling itself or the thought itself. We'll be back in just a moment to talk more about it. for a transforming world. Seventh Wave Network. I begin each day with an intention to be open to guidance, to expect guidance, to trust and appreciate when guidance comes. With these intentions, each day is easier to navigate. Hi, I'm Sonia Choquette. When I decided to trust my guidance and further my education, I chose the American Institute of Holistic Theology, A-I-H-T. It was a soulful pathway to deep learning. In my own home, on my own schedule, I earned my Ph.D. in metaphysics. You know, the value of wisdom only grows, and in developing our own gifts, we can help others evolve, too. That's how it works. The self-paced programs in holistic health, metaphysics, holistic ministries, parapsychic science, and holistic theology can embolden your spirit to change the world. And the time has come for us all to do our part in changing the world. So in this moment, call the American Institute of Holistic Theology. The number is 1-800-650-4325. In this moment, visit A-I-H-T dot E-D-U. All my love. When I found out my jeans were made using child labor in sweatshops, I wrote a letter to the company saying, reconsider your labor practices. A few months later, I get a letter back saying, thanks for being a loyal customer, and they included a coupon for a 25% discount on their jeans. So I got smart, wrote letters every day to all the stores that carry the brand, asking them to stop supporting the companies who use child labor in sweatshops. 
and I just kept getting letters back thanking me for my concerns and more coupons for more discounts on more jeans. So I'm telling my friend about it, and she flips out, saying that between all the letters and coupons, some paper company cut down a small forest, driving off two indigenous tribes, hundreds of endangered animals, killing thousands of plant species, some of which may have contained vaccines for HIV, cancer, and syphilis. Meanwhile, the guys cutting down the trees are 13-year-old kids who will work night and day for months just to save up enough money to buy a pair of jeans made by child labor in sweatshops. Saving the world isn't easy, but saving a life is. Just one pint of blood can save up to three lives. Visit bloodsaves.com to learn more. This public service announcement was brought to you by the Ad Council. Listening on a higher dimension. Seventh Wave Network. listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. We want to hear from you. If you have a question or comment about today's show, call in now, toll free, 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You can also send your questions or comments by email to Andrea at andreamatthewslpc.com. Now, back to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. And we're back, and we're talking today about the way that we can get out of our own way. You know, we've heard a lot about in our world, in the New Thought, New Age world, we've heard a lot about the law of attraction, uh, the secret, all the methods that we can use to begin to attract our dreams. What these books and uh, um, articles and speakers are not, are not necessarily saying is the deep inner work it has to become a part of that process. Um, in order for us to really attract something that's beyond our ego state, we have to not be living in that ego state. So we say, I'm going to put the law of attraction in force, but I haven't dealt with all the stuff that's inside me that is still very much identified with my mask and costume. I'm going to attract more stuff about my mask and costume. This is very similar to the man or woman who continually attracts another alcoholic, breaks up with that one and attracts another, breaks up with that one and attracts another. Why? Because they haven't done the inner work. They may get mad. They may say, well, how come these men are in my life? They may even rhetorically ask the question, why do I keep attracting these people? There's even uh, a funny way of saying that their picker's broken, you know, but they're not really doing the work. And this is inner work. This is not work. uh, the work of... um, of just sort of saying, well, I won't do that again, smacking your hand and say, I won't make that mistake again. These energies that have to do with, with survival, our, our belief in survival, are compulsive in nature. And so they, they, they sort of push us to go after all the things that are wrong for us. And then we wonder why we end up in the same place looking for different results. And, and the answer is identity. The answer is always going to be identity because of how we see ourselves is absolutely everything. So, okay, having said that, some of the thoughts that we have about the law of attraction and uh, 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 the idea that we can attract our destiny have to do with uh, uh, some magical thinking. So, for example... If I want to be a multimillionaire, well, I'm going to develop a better attitude about paying my bills, and I'm going to um, put it out there that 
um, that I'm going to have my dream come true, and it's just going to happen. It's just going to fall in my lap. That's magical thinking, and it's going to lead to more and more frustration. And there's no inner work that goes behind that kind of thinking. As a matter of fact, that kind of thinking uh, brings us to some kind of avoidance. It brings us to denial of some deep inner aspects of who we are. You see, let me, let me sort of peel back the layers of that particular uh, need. So I want to attract a million dollars, okay? And I've literally had people come to my office and say, I want to attract a million dollars, and I don't know why I can't do it, okay? So the issue is, is I want the million dollars. My question is, what is that million dollars going to bring you? What are you going to have when you get that million dollars? What do you imagine you'll be able to do without a million? Oh, no, I'll pay off all my bills. I'll travel. I'll, you know, go to the doctor more often. I'll take care of my health. I'll give some money to my children, la, 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 la. I'll do all these things. Okay, well, that's all you're going to do. What are you going to have inside of you once you get that million dollars? Oh, well, I'm going to have peace of mind. Well, you can have that today. You see, the million dollars is not the thing that we really are desiring the million dollars is just the pathway we want to use to get there. And money is always just a pathway. It's just a pathway. We, we don't get, uh, um, we can't purchase peace of mind. <laughs> we can't purchase good relationships. We can't purchase all the things that are really, really important to us. Travel gives us peace of mind. Um, being able to pay off our bills gives us peace of mind. You see what I'm saying? We, we can get to peace of mind with or without that million dollars. So that little piece, little small, little one-sentence one question can bring us to some understanding about what we're really looking for. Part of the problem in still being in the ego state is that we don't know what we want. That is a significant block to having what we want. In order to have what we want, we have to know what we want. So... Um, you know, I, 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 when, as I'm talking to folks all day, every day, very often I hear people say, well, I don't know what I want. Well, what would you like to, to have? I don't know. Well, what, what do you want about this or that or what career or what kind of relationship would you like? Well, I don't know. I don't know. I haven't really thought about that. Well, you know, there are people out there who are talking to us about really getting clear about what it is that we want. And that is very clarifying, but it's not enough why? Because if I'm still stuck in an ego state, what I want might be all about that ego state, not about who I really am. So once I get that thing, I may attract it, because we do have the power to attract things. I may attract that thing that I say I want. For example, I might get that million dollars. We hear all the time about people who win the sweepstakes, and then what happens? Their lives go to hell in a handbasket, basically, because they don't know how to say no to all the people that are clamoring to get a little piece of them. Um, so this is just one example of how it is that you can get what you want, but you don't want to do with it. Because is it what you really want, or is there something else you really want? I want to be real clear. I'm not saying we should not want a million dollars. Not saying that. Okay. I want to be. I want to be uh, certain that if a million dollars can help you get something you want, then I think you should have that a million dollars. All right. But be clear about what it is you want with that million dollars. Be clear about what it is that you want. Find that in yourself. You can't find that outside of you. You can't have that defined by somebody else. And your ego state or your role cannot give you peace of mind. It cannot. It has no capacity for that because it's all an illusion. 
So what we're talking about here today is considering, really going deeper into what it is that you want, um, not just reading the surface material on uh, the law of attraction, but really going a little bit deeper and finding out who is it inside of you that's wanting. There's a passage in, in, in the Old Testament in the Bible, and uh, it may be in the Bhagavad-Gita and the Quran as well, I'm not sure, but uh, the text itself is not what matters. The truth of the concept is what matters. The idea is, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. That whole idea is based on the concept that we don't want when we're living the authentic self. We don't have a need for anything. Everything's already taken care of. And so getting to the authentic self is my dream come true. I want to be completely fulfilled in my authenticity. Um, and what comes with that is secondary. What comes with that is manifestation of my authenticity. What I, Andrea Matthews, want to do is I want to take my authentic self and plant it firmly on the earth so that it can manifest and grow and produce fruit. That's what I want to do. That's my goal in life. How that happens, I'm not totally clear on, although I do have some very clear objectives as well. However, I've been surprised by life, happily surprised by life many times, too. So I don't want to foreclose on those things by saying, well, don't give me any surprises now. I'm only going to go after my goals. These are my goals, and I don't want anything else but my goals. No, I'm, I'm going to leave some room for surprises in there, and I might be happily surprised by many things. So magical thinking is definitely one of the things that interferes. We need clarity in order to, to attract what we want. Um, so I want to be, uh, again, very clear. I'm not saying the law of attraction doesn't work. I'm saying it works. And it can work from your ego, and it can work from your authentic self. I prefer to have it work from my authentic self because I'm not sure that I'm going to really want what my ego state wants for me to have. Uh, my ego state want for, might want for me to have, uh, you know, 3.5 cars and 2.5 kids and the white picket fence in the house and a lot of alcohol to drink. Um, or a lot of cocaine to use. My ego self might be wanting all that, or my ego uh, state, I'm sorry, might be wanting all that. So I, I want, I, my authentic self, is not going to want alcohol because it's going to blur my life. It's going to keep me addicted. It's going to keep me compulsively reenacting the same drama over and over again. So that whole, that whole idea of magical thinking has got to be dealt with. Magical thinking is a thinking that we developed as kids when we found ourselves dealing with that slow torture of our dysfunctional families and we uh, decided that the way to get out of that was to think magic. So if I hated my father and wished him dead and the next day he died, I thought that I created that. That's a very intense example. Another example would be to say, well, this time my mother will be kind to me when I go to her and ask for this thing that I want. When every other time she's been mean and cruel and critical, this time it'll be, it'll be different. That's bargaining, and it's also magical thinking. It's not looking at the reality that if, if a person is re reacted the same way every time, they're very likely to act that way again. But kids don't have that kind of uh, uh, sense of things. They don't really get that, and the reason they don't is because they're desperately clinging to uh, their parents as their primary caretakers. Um, and so they develop all kinds of magical thinking that says, this is how I'll survive. But the truth is that many of us as adults are sitting around doing a lot of magical thinking as well. 
And one of the ways that that happens is, so suppose that I need to uh, develop some income to do a specific thing. And I'm sitting around thinking magically about that. I'm not likely to get it. I'm going to explain my example more right after the break. We'll be back in just a minute. This is Andrea Matthews with Authentic Living. for a transforming world. Seventh Wave Network. Dad, can I ask you something? Sure. There's this girl I kind of like. Say no more. You just have to impress her. Okay, but how? Just, I don't know, pick up a lot of heavy things around her. Like what? You know, desks, chairs, people. Grunt if you have to. Grunt? Yeah, be like, oh! There you go. You don't have to be perfect to be a perfect parent. When you adopt a child from foster care, just being there makes all the difference. To learn more, call 1-888-200-4005. A public service announcement brought to you by Adopt US Kids, the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, and the Ad Council. I begin each day with an intention to be open to guidance, to expect guidance, to trust and appreciate when guidance comes. With these intentions, each day is easier to navigate. Hi, I'm Sonia Choquette. When I decided to trust my guidance and further my education, I chose the American Institute of Holistic Theology, A-I-H-T. It was a soulful pathway to deep learning. In my own home, on my own schedule, I earned my Ph.D. in metaphysics. You know, the value of wisdom only grows, and in developing our own gifts, we can help others evolve, too. That's how it works. The self-paced programs in holistic health, metaphysics, holistic ministries, parapsychic science, and holistic theology can embolden your spirit to change the world. And the time has come for us all to do our part in changing the world. So in this moment, call the American Institute of Holistic Theology. The number is 1-800-650-4325. In this moment, visit A-I-H-T dot E-D-U. All my love. What can you tell me about SkillsUSA? SkillsUSA teaches you employability skills. So you know how to deal with people, you have teamwork, your resume is going to look awesome. Well, it's important to know your technical skills, but not only that, to have soft skills, the skills of learning how to communicate with people. at skillsusa.org. Awakened Media for a Transforming World. Seventh Wave Network. You're listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. We want to hear from you. If you have a question or comment about today's show, call in now, toll free. 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You can also send your questions or comments by email to Andrea at andreamatthewslpc.com. Now, back to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. And we're back talking today about how you can get out of your own way. We're brought to you by the American Institute of Holistic Theology, a school built to help you fulfill your life, an interfaith school 
built to help you fulfill your life. Um, I, I, we were talking just before the break about, um, you know, some examples about how we sort of get in our own way with magical thinking, and it reminded me of a story that I heard way many years ago when I was uh, working in the drug and alcohol field. You may have heard this story. It's not an uncommon one, but I want to repeat it just for emphasis. Um, the idea that um, there's a guy drowning out in the middle of the ocean, um, and he begs God, please, please save me. I'll do anything you want in the future. Just please save me. And uh, a little bit later, a boat comes by, and he and the guy reaches out and says, come on, grab my arm. I'm going to pull you up here, and we're going to save your life. And the guy says, no, 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 I'm waiting for God to save me. So the guy goes, wait, guy, come on, you got to get up here. You're going to drown. And he says, no, 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 you, I'm waiting for God to save me. So the, guy, the boat moves on. A few minutes later, a ship comes along, and uh, they throw him a lifesaver, and, and uh, they say, come on, we're going to rescue you now. Get up. We're going to get you all up on the boat. And the guy says, no, 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 I'm waiting for God to save me. And, um, you know, he throws the, rest, the lifesaver back to them, and they, they move on, leave him out there. Okay, I guess you've got to do what you've got to do. And then finally a helicopter comes by and drops that little ladder down and says, come on, climb up the ladder, we're going to save your life. And he says, no, 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 I'm waiting for God to save me. Well, of course, the guy dies. And he goes up to heaven and he, and he meets St. Peter at the pearly gates and he says, I've got a bone to pick with God. So St. Peter says, well, he's right over there, go talk to him. So he goes to God and he says, you know, I need to know what the deal is. You know, I, I asked you to save me and you just didn't, you let me die. And God says, well, I sent you a boat and a ship and a helicopter. The moral of the story is we, the guy was waiting for magical thinking. You know, instead of accepting what does come to us so often, we say, no, that's not good enough. I need the miracle. I need the big deal. So we may be trying to, say, get, save up enough money for a certain uh, thing like a car or a house or, you know, something we really want. And we think, well, I need X amount of money to do that. Well, how, that, how is that going to happen? Well, instead of looking at the fact that we already have that money in a savings account or instead of looking at the fact that we have relatives that perhaps we could borrow the money from and they might be willing to help us, or instead of looking at the fact that there are things that we already have that have resources within them, we go outside those resources and magically think, well, now here's what I need to do. I need to get God to, to, to send me that money. And, you know, maybe it'll happen in some kind of miraculous ways. I am not denying that miracles happen. I have had miracles happen in my own life, okay? So I want to be real clear about that. I had a situation one time. I'll tell you a story. I had a situation where um, I was uh, just start launching my private practice, and I had, was doing some therapeutic weekends, and I had, um, I had taken a loss on one of the weekends that I had. And... Um, and and I had some bills to pay at the same time. And what happened was I literally found, found out of the blue, my son had a broken foot, and I went out to the car and was looking for a book that was under the seat. And I had some other things under the seat as well. And I was grabbing his seat, I mean his book, and also pulling some other things out while I was there, including some trash. And, uh, and what I found under there was a $500 Brazilian note. I had taken a $500 loss on my therapeutic weekend. And um, the, long story short, the miracle ended up that the, the thing was real, and I turned it in and got almost $500. 
And so, you know, how that happened, why, why that happened just as it is, I have to only assume that was a miracle. That was, that was my higher power telling me, here, I'm taking care of you. Look at this. And every time I run into any kind of financial situation, I'm reminded of that event, and I go, okay, well, if that can happen, all kinds of other things can happen. But the first thing we need to look at is what do we already have that we can look at as a resource. Now, that doesn't mean take something that you love and sacrifice it, um, but it does mean that you might consider what's already been provided for you to, to, uh, to look at as a resource. So magical thinking keeps us distant from what we have. It keeps us away from uh, being present with our current circumstances. It drives us into um, compulsiveness. So, um, all right, that's enough about magical thinking. Uh, the biggest thing that we're talking about today is denial and unconsciousness. Denial says reality isn't what it is, it's something else. Reality, the reality of my life is my authenticity. The mask and costume is the illusion of my life. And so when I, when I consider reality, now I might consider it from the, uh, from the premise of the, the mask and costume, so that if I'm living out the runaway role, then I might consider that all I need to do is just stay distant from some of somebody else's emotions. If somebody has an emotion, I just need to say, get over it. Or I might say, all I need is a geographical cure. All I need is to move to Ethiopia or, um, you know, uh, Paris, and everything will be fine. That's what I need. So I'm going to try to attract that with the law of attraction. I'm going to do all the work that the law of attraction tells me to do, but really... All I'm trying to attract is something that the runaway role needs. I'm not trying to attract something that my authentic self needs. So it's really important that we, we tune in to who we are. Okay, how does one begin to do that? Well, we don't do it by talking to ourselves and uh, telling ourselves things that we don't really believe. Um, affirmations are excellent for some things. They are excellent ways of saying, now, the reality is that I am my authentic self. This other thing is just a mask and costume I wear. Even though I have the feelings of the mask and costume, the reality is that I am my authentic self, and that helps us to begin to change our beliefs. So affirmations are very good for that, but affirmations are not good when I'm feeling afraid and I tell myself I'm not. That's when I'm in denial. So that's not an affirmation. I don't have to not be afraid. I want to say that again. You don't have to stop feeling fear. If you, if you stop feeling, you're going to stop feeling all feelings. So if you say to yourself, I'm not allowed to have a feeling of fear because if I do, that's going to set me up to be blocked from my destiny. What you're doing is putting yourself in a double bind. Not only am I afraid that, uh, not only am I having a feeling of fear that I don't want, but I also am afraid of my fear because it's going to trap me in a life I don't want. That's a terrible double bind. Authentically, the way to handle that fear would be to say, I am afraid right now. I am feeling great fear. Here's why I'm feeling fear. Here's what I'm telling myself about that fear. Here's how I am um, using that fear to help me stay stuck in the familiar here, here's how my fear takes me to a dark place where I get really depressed. Here's the messages I'm giving myself out of that feeling of fear. That feeling of fear has been with me since when? A particular time, maybe my whole childhood. 
Have you carried fear around in the pit of your stomach all of your life? Have you, are there certain times of the day when you feel more afraid than you do other times of the day? You see what I'm saying? You're exploring your fear. You're making your fear something that you can look at and actually even befriend so that it, it, it's not your enemy that you square off against, but rather something you can put your arm around and say, okay, I, I hear you, I know you're here, I understand why you're here, and, and I'm going to take good care of you. I'm going to make some decisions that are going to really nurture uh, myself in a way that makes my fear sort of just kind of calm down and um, take on a new tenor. We don't get ourselves to behave better. We don't, we're, we're not um, meant to sort of repress our emotions to sort of behave better. What, we're, what, what authenticity means is finding out what's really going on inside of me. What's really going on inside of me? Both the fear, in this specific instance, the fear, and what is my authentic self saying? What does my authentic self want? And that means getting clear on the voices, the different energies, the different voices inside of us. What does my authentic self want? Well, my authentic self wants to have a new job. I'm going to make this up. This will be a little story we make up together. Um, my, my, my authentic self wants to have a new job. So my fear says, yeah, but, you know, you can't, you can't have that because you're, you're stuck in this job and you've got to have X, Y, and Z before you can get that job. And, and besides, who's going to want to hire you anyway and all kinds of things. So I, instead of me telling myself, oh, you, you can't feel those feelings, you shouldn't have those thoughts, what I tell myself is, okay, I do have those feelings and I do have those thoughts and I'm going to explore them, I'm going to sit with them, I'm going to listen to them and I'm going to formulate a plan for getting that job. See, we tend to think in black and white. If I'm afraid, then there's something wrong with me and the only way I can make everything right with me is to never be afraid. Those are very opposite extremes and they're, neither one of them are true. In the middle is, yes, I'm afraid, and I can also have what I want. Okay? So what we're saying is that the block isn't the fear. The block is not the fear. The block is what we're doing with the fear. And so exploration, looking into the shadow, looking into the dark spaces of our lives, looking at the secrets we keep from ourselves, these are the ways to remove our blocks. We'll be back in just a moment to finish up talking about how you can get out of your own way. Awakened Media for a Transforming World. Seventh Wave Network. Over there, over there's the water. Whoosh, whoosh. And look at all this stuff I'm standing on. It's called sand, and it's everywhere. This woman may sound silly to you and me. It's made up of little tiny pieces of rocks. Teeny little pieces of rocks. But to her two-year-old son exploring the world around him, (laughs) she makes perfect sense. How does it feel when you touch the sand? Is it warm? Uh Uh-huh. It's hard to hold in your hand, isn't it? Mm Mm-hmm. Learning starts long before school does, and children are naturally curious. They want to learn, so follow their lead. Take simple, everyday moments, like sorting laundry or playing on the beach, and turn them into learning moments. Is this water? No. 
Very good. This is sand. Oh, no, no, it's not food. It's sand. We don't eat sand. <laughs> Turn everyday moments into learning moments. Find out how at pornlearning.org. Brought to you by United Way and the Ad Council. I begin each day with an intention to be open to guidance, to expect guidance, to trust and appreciate when guidance comes. With these intentions, each day is easier to navigate. Hi, I'm Sonia Choquette. When I decided to trust my guidance and further my education, I chose the American Institute of Holistic Theology, A-I-H-T. It's a soulful pathway to deep learning. In my own home, on my own schedule, I earn my Ph.D. in metaphysics. You know, the value of wisdom only grows, and in developing our own gifts, we can help others evolve, too. That's how it works. These self-paced programs in holistic health, metaphysics, holistic ministries, parapsychic science, and holistic theology can embolden your spirit to change the world. And the time has come for us all to do our part in changing the world. So in this moment, call the American Institute of Holistic Theology. The number is 1-800-650-4325. In this moment, visit AIHT.edu. All my love. America is facing a skilled workforce shortage. Skills USA can help. What is Skills USA? Skills USA is life changing. Skills USA is awesome. Skills USA is one of the biggest opportunities life can give you. Skills USA is amazing. Skills USA is motivating. Skills USA specifically prepares you for the workforce. Skills USA empowers students to connect with a network of people, starting with their classmates, to their advisors, to other people in their states. Skills USA allows students to connect with business and industry, to manage their education, and to really get a feel of the real world. I'm doing something now that's going to be applicable in the real world, and those skills are going to be useful today in school and in five years when I'm working and for the rest of my life. On the web at skillsusa.org. to the threshold of a dream and beyond. Seventh Wave Network. Listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. We want to hear from you. If you have a question or comment about today's show, call in now, toll free, 1 866 472 5795. That's 1 866 472 5795. You can also send your questions or comments by email to Andrea at andreamatthewslpc.com. Now, back to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. And we're back for the final segment of uh, our show today, talking about how you can uh, remove the blocks and uh, sort of get out of your own way. We've been talking about how what, what is a block and what is not a block, what, uh, how we treat what we consider to be blocks, and, uh, and, and the whole idea of the law of attraction. And I guess the thing that I want to say more than anything else about the law of attraction is that while it is true that we do have the power to attract... We, we want to be sure about what it is we are attracting. 
we attract all kinds of things all day, every day, and we don't know we're doing it. We can attract bad relationships. We can attract poor financial situations. We can attract um, uh, bad jobs. We can attract bad bosses. We can attract all kinds of things that are not so hot. And we can certainly attract some positive things, and it does mean changing our thinking, but it means changing more than just our thinking. It means being in touch with what's unconscious to us. And what is unconscious is everything we don't know about ourselves, all the secrets we keep from ourselves. That's what the shadow is made up of. It's made of all the secrets we keep from ourselves. We don't, the idea that we're going to become good people is an idea that says to us that we have to make ourselves not be bad people. And what that means is that we've got to repress some stuff. So all that stuff in there that we've repressed is still in there. And we're living out of something that we call a good person. But actually, there's a lot of other stuff in there. Um, I agree with Carl Jung that there's, uh, there's nothing as dangerous as a righteous person. And that is because there's so much about being right that all the wrong has been repressed. And that stuff will leak out in various ways. And it often leaks out in the form of things that we attract, things, people, situations that we attract. Um, so I, I definitely think that the law of attraction is a true law. The insertion I would make to that today, however, is that clarity is the name of the game. We have to be clear on who we are in order to, to manifest that authenticity in the world. This is all an inside job. We're not drawing things to us. We're reflecting what is in us. So in, instead of thinking, I need a million dollars and I've got to mag magnetize it, I've got to draw it to myself, we need to be thinking that uh, my authenticity is going to, draw, to, to uh, manifest. It's not what's outside, let me bring the outside to me. It's let me manifest what's inside. And that is what is always happening. That is what's always happening. When we uh, attract or are attracted to negative or positive things in our lives, it's, we are taking what's inside of us and manifesting it in the world. And, and uh, so that's what this journey of the law of attraction is all about. And I consider it sort of my mission to, to, to say that authenticity is the name of the game. Uh, instead of let me see how much I can... Uh, uh, break the ceiling on and, and, and let me attract money or, or jobs or relationships or those kinds of things. Rather, the thinking needs to be, let me find out who I am and let me manifest that. And then it's not an external job, it's an internal job. It's very similar to a statement made by Jesus and uh, made by several other spiritual leaders that if we seek first the kingdom of God, everything else will be given to us as well. Um, so we're seeking to go inside of ourselves and find that gentle peace that lives in us all day, every day, and then we will manifest it. We, want, we go inside to find the peace, and we manifest the peace. We go inside to find the joy, and then we manifest the joy. We, go, we uh, look inside to find the, um, the um, sense of wonder, and we manifest a sense of wonder. So you see, it's all an inside job. And, and what, what I think so many times is missing in our understanding of the law of attraction is that very piece. And my job is to, to sort of be who I am, not sort of be who I am, be who I am, so that I can really manifest my truest self. Okay, so now having said that, 
what I want to add is that um, anytime we square off against some aspect of ourselves, we are we are getting in our own way. So anytime you make some piece of you the enemy that you have to get get gone, chase away, make it go away, that part of you is going to come up louder and stronger later. Okay, maybe even today. When you when you square off against yourself, you lose. Imagine you and you in a boxing ring. One of you is going to go down <laughs> for the count, uh, and that's still a part of you. Even if it's the role, even even if it's the mask and costume that goes down for the count, that role was put in place because you felt like you needed it to survive. And very often, you absolutely did need it. Very often, we've come from extremely dysfunctional homes where. If we didn't put on the mask and costume, we would literally die. So, um, so knocking that role out of the way first is impossible, and second, you, you're um, you're just setting yourself up to to repress more information about yourself, and that just builds your unconscious bigger and bigger instead of helping you go into the shadow material and find out what's going on in there, befriend it, love it and begin to live out of your authenticity in the process. So it's a, it's a win-win to go inside yourself and learn about what all's in there. It's a lose-lose to try to fight against yourself and keep some parts of yourself down while you let other parts of yourself rise to the surface. Um, so the ba- this is not about a battle. And so often what we've heard, because we've been all uh, raised in a world in which duality was the primary mode of thinking, in, t- in every way, whether it's a secular world, a religious world, or a spiritual world, duality seems to be the, 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 um, the primary thinking. And duality says there's a, a world out there and a world in here, and they're separate. Duality says there's good and they're evil. there's evil and they're separate. There's black and there's white and they're separate. Duality is all about that separation. But the reality is, there's no separation between my inner world and my outer world. My inner world is creating my outer world. That is what I need to understand about manifesting, about the law of attraction. My inner world is creating my outer world. And so if my inner world is all chaotic, I'm going to attract a chaotic outer world. If my inner world is um, stuck in a role or mask and costume, then that I'm going to attract what that mask and costume needs to perpetuate itself. So you see, we've been saying this several different ways through magical thinking, emotions, and all kinds of things. But the idea is that loving yourself is the name of the game, not trying to fight against yourself. So that's it for today. Next week we'll be talking to Sarah Wiseman, psychic counselor and author, about soul growth and healing. Tune in again next week and remember... Your job, should you choose to accept it, is to give birth to yourself. Thanks again for listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Join us again next Wednesday afternoon at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern Time here on the 7th Wave Network. We'll talk again next week.
Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Seventh Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit SeventhWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.